0: The Beat Church, bringing you messages of inspiration, hope, and freedom. Turn up the volume and get ready for the truth that will set you free. Maybe I should be doing something a little bit different, but I love boxing. So what I did was just coach boxing and Didn't stop me from getting in boxing and because I stayed in it and because I continue to do boxing I was able to meet those guys I was watching on TV when I would watch Oscar De La Hoya when he was in the Olympics. When I watched Oscar I got to sit with him and talked with him. And, it, and he donated the, uh, the ring that we have in there today. But just God took me to places that I enjoyed being at. Got to meet, listen, I even got to pray for Evander Holyfield. Remember the guy that got his ear bit off? Well, I didn't pray for that. <laughs> but I I was able to pray for him he was about 45 and he was getting ready to fight somebody 35 it was a transition in his life and uh, uh, the person that I met here that helped me with the boxing he is the director of anybody that fights in 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 Texas has to go through him and because of that he said "Art, you want to go see Evander and and pray for him I said what come on uh, you can come with me we can go in his dressing room Man, I go in the dressing room. He's got an entourage of people over there. And, and then uh, the director says, hey, Vander, I got my pastor here. He goes, "Well, oh, you do? He goes, yeah. He wants to pray for you. Man, everybody just stood. stood Everybody was talking. They got quiet. He goes, well, get him over here. Man, I went over there. Yes. I'm like a little kid. Hey, man, I want to pray for you. <laughs> but. It was where he was being challenged. He was just kind of in his, going down in his career, but he was trying to just to fight one more time. And he was fighting a young guy. So I just remember getting his hand. It's like twice the size of my hand. And just prayed. Everybody put their head down. We prayed. And, I, and because of the connections that God puts you with, God, because when you're doing not just the boxing, but you're doing it because you want to touch and impact people because God loves boxing. There's boxers that won't come to church, yeah. so I was taking church to them. I remember tr- praying for Oscar De La Hoya, but I remember uh, praying this particular time uh, uh, for Evander Holyfield. And when I was praying for him, I said, "Lord, just give him the strength," and, and uh, he wins tonight. In Jesus' name, Amen. Everybody's okay. We went. And I, I get to sit right by the ring. If you ever see the matches, there's, there's judges around the ring, and there's some tables. And because of my connection, I got to sit right there, right watching Evander Holyfield fight. And I said, man, this is so great. How did I get here? How did I get to this place where I'm, you know, just to sit next to Oscar De La Hoya, people paid $100,000. Just to be able to sit in the same place with him. And I'm there for free. Isn't that good? And so I'm sitting there in the front watching him. And the ding, ding. They start fighting about the second second minute. This guy hits Evander so hard he falls to the ground. I don't think he wants me to pray for him anymore. (laughs) What a prayer. But guys, we're doing it because we believe. We're doing it because God's called us to do and encourage people. And I said, Lord, just get him up. Let's just let him finish the fight. I know he's a younger guy, but I don't want him getting knocked out. See, Christ doesn't want any of us as a believer to get knocked out and stay down. And he's there to pick you up. He says the righteous will fall seven times, but every time they what? They get up. And so he got up, he finished the round, second round, it was a close round, third round, man. I am praying. Now I'm praying under Hey. I'm praying in tongues because I don't even know how to pray. Oh rasha Jesus. Oh And I'm sitting there watching, and from out of nowhere, out of nowhere. Evander's hidden. The guy must have put his, his guard down. Comes with a right hook right in his chin, knocks him down, down for the count. Evander wins. <laughs> Jesus, and I felt like that little kid, I don't know, this probably a long time ago, a Lifesaver commercial, Lifesavers. And, and, and he wins, and he throws them the Lifesavers, and I get the Lifesavers, and Evander looks at me, and he goes, I go, yeah. And then he takes his gloves off and he signs it psalms 122 13 he writes it in there he's vander holy and i still got those gloves today and i still got the thing where he was knocked down and he came back and i got to sit with him and just encourage him and listen he goes you never give up even when you get knocked down you get up again and so my message to you today is Uh, uh, Andy had asked because he's been he's been sharing a lot about serving and what is your calling? What are you supposed to do? How, How did I was even wondering, how did I become a pastor? Do you know your calling? Do you know what you're supposed to do while you're here on this earth? Listen, we all have an assignment. Now, listen, not all of us have an assignment to come up here and preach the gospel, but we all have an assignment of it. Whatever it is, and God said, he spoke to me one time. He says, Where your heart is, there will your treasure be. Yeah. Where your heart is, what you enjoy doing, if you enjoy touching people's lives, if you enjoy healing people, like doctors. I got my doctor right there, man. He takes good care of me, Dr. Hannah. Uh, he's been a great doctor, but he loves it. He explains everything to me, everything. I oh, go, man, I'm glad you're the doctor. But what I'm saying is he enjoys it. That's where his treasure is. That's where his success is. If you like helping people, if you like if you like children, well, guess what? You can be real successful right here in the children's ministry. Yes, you can. But it's what you enjoy. It's not what you don't like doing. See, sometimes we get in things and sometimes we take careers that we think we just want to make a lot of money. And then we, we get in that career, and we find out we don't like it, so we change the career. There's a career change. You've got to find out your gift. God made us. There's a purpose. There's a plan in your life, and God knows what's going to make you tick and what's going to make you successful. And so I want to challenge you today. I'm going to ask you today. God gave me this message that Andy, uh, I want to share with it. It's in uh, go to. Uh, I still don't know how to use the computer, so I'm still old school here. Same, Same but it's in John chapter 1, 12 and 13. I wanna share with you about answering the call and fulfilling the chosen. Everybody say, answering the call, answering the call. and fulfilling the chosen. Fulfilling the chosen. What's, the pur- what's the purpose here that we're here today? Are we just existing? Or many of us, how many of us have been in survival mode, just surviving, trying to get ahead, try, or some of us even living paycheck to paycheck, especially with the gas going up so high. Man, it was $80 to fill my pickup. So it's doubled since then. It's $160 to fill my pickup. But, you know, I said, Lord, how am I going to do this? Praise the Lord that you're going to take care of it. Guess what? I went back to my job where I was working before. You know I quit my job because they offered me a better job. So I took the better job. I thought it was a better job because of the money. And I ended up didn't really like it. So praise God, some people, connections, they call me. I call them and they say, how are you doing? Do you like it? No, not really. You want to come back. We need you. Come on back. I said, well, he goes, whatever you were making there, we'll give you more over here. That'll take care of my gas. He goes, not only that, but if you come back, we'll give you a car and a gas car and an expense card, so you don't have to use your truck to get to work. Now, the devil, he thought he had me, but he says, now he's paying the gas so I can get to work. How do we do that you got to find your purpose you got to find what God's called He's not gonna try to tell you something. You don't like to do He's not gonna tell you oh you got to do the kids if you don't like kids You don't like kids I gotta come up here. You got to pray for you But he's not gonna tell you something that you don't like to do and Everything you like to do God wants to use it and bring glory to his name Just like the boxing. When I started boxing here, man, half my church left. They thought I was was promoting violence. People, I said, well, that's what God told me to do. I'm going to do it. So you got to honor God. There's a purpose here in your life. Why are you listening today? How many of you are listening today or just here today? Why? Because listen, you're here today, you're at this church today, you're not at celebration, you're not at braced Tabernacle, you are right here at the Beat Church. And you're here today because God loves you, and he wants to speak to you, and he wants to encourage you, and he wants to bless you, and he wants to, he wants to challenge you to fulfill his plan for your life. But how do I know what to do, God? What am I supposed to be doing? That's what I was thinking when I first started. You're at this church. God's desire is to speak to you even if you're at this church. Praise Tabernacle. Even if you're at Celebration Church. But wherever you go, God is going to speak to you so that you can fulfill his plan. But let me tell you this, guys, because his plan for your life is better than what you think you could even have. And he does it. He takes care of his kids. How many of you have kids? Hey, maybe you have, I can't do four because, but we have kids and how many of us want the best for our kids? How many of us sometimes, you know. okay, how many sometimes of us get, get discouraged because sometimes we don't see our kids doing what we want them to do? We try to lead them to do what some of us even try to live through them. Some of us want to get them to do this because you did this. Listen, let them be what God called them to be. They're going to be so much more happier. Because his plan for their life is is going to be joy and it's going to be successful because everything we put our hands to that God's called us to do will prosper. I, I am evidence of that. You know, God is thinking about you right now. He's called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. But listen, guy, for instance, I was meditating about the message about answering the call. Fulfilling the chosen. Look at John chapter one, verse 12 and 13. I'm going to go through this quickly. It says here. but as me- I'm sorry, that's not it. It's Matthew 20, Matthew 20, verse 16. And it says, so the last will be what? And the first last for many are called and few are what? Many are called and few are. Are chosen. And as I was looking at that scripture and I was meditating upon it, I said, There's two on that list. Which one am I? Am I the called? Or am I the chosen? Because it says, Many are called, but few are chosen. As I was meditating on that, God said, There's only one on that list. The Holy Spirit kept time there's only one. I go, I see two. Anybody ever argue with God? I said, Look, I see two. There's a called list and there's a chosen list. And Lord, I want to be in the chosen list, but it says there's only a few in the chosen. But I see in the call, see, we're all here today. We're all answering the call. When you surrender your heart to God, when you give your heart to God, you are on the call list. You've answered the call. When you say, listen, I want to go to heaven. I want to know you, Christ. I surrender my life to you. When you do that, you are on the call list, but that's the list that everybody comes but and I said Lord, well what's the few the few chosen he says well it's really they're all chosen but the few chosen are the ones that continue to answer the call continue serving you know for instance I, I relate a lot to a- athletes or boxing in boxing just because we put boxing gloves on a kid we put the headgear, we put, we put the shorts on him, we get him in the ring, doesn't make him a boxer. Say, okay, man, you're a boxer, get in the ring. And just because we, we, they, they've got the gear and they get in there doesn't make them a boxer. Same way as an electrician. I was an electrician. Just because they give me the tools and a, and a meter doesn't make me an electrician. It gives me the tools, it gives me the things to be an electrician, but you're not an electrician. There's a process Of Becoming an electrician. There's a process in becoming a boxer you get in there. They get trained You know how many how many punches in boxing? There's six different kinds of punches six These don't count (laughs) Six six kinds of punches in boxing (laughs) But we got to teach them we got to teach them these types of boxing, guarding, getting in there. And coach teaches them and teaches them and prepares them. And then he says, okay, you're ready to get in the ring and fight the battle. Get ready to get in the ring and get ready because you're going to be challenged. In the same way, I was thinking about that, and I said, well, okay. When you get married, you be, uh, the, when the minister says, I now pronounce you husband and wife. Well, praise the Lord. But that doesn't make you a, a good husband and a good wife. Right. You know what makes your good husband and a good wife? When you get in that ring and see who wins. Guys, the women win. Yes. Women will win. But it's how you respond when you get in a fight. Me and my wife have been married, how many years, big? 34, 35? 34 I'm in trouble we're gonna have a fight I used to say 34 35 she goes no it's 33 32 but I always say it like this We've been married 34 Wonderful glorious years 34 why yes, it's been a challenge It's coming in there, but listen coming in that learning how to be a husband learning how to be a wife and then much less learning how to be parents holy moly got two girls and they're teenagers don't like the guy I send how many guys did I send away too many huh? all of them Anybody? nobody's too good for my daughters but learning you know when, when, one guy didn't even like but my daughter said this is the guy for me Well, I don't want to know him. I don't want him in my house. He's not going to be here. And I started praying. God, get rid of this guy. Lord. (laughs) Do something with this guy. Hey, I'm just being real. I said, man, she's too good for him. God says, it's coming Christmas and she wants him to come for Christmas. He says, Have him come for Christmas. Have him come. This is who she wants. This is what I'm going to make her happy. Then you need to be in agreement with her and you need to treat him and and begin to know him and accept him. (sighs) Is that God or is that the (laughs) devil? (laughs) So I said, Okay, Lord, I'm going to have him come, Lord. That's who she wants. You know, you're going to do it. I gave up. I told my daughter, hey, and to top it off, he <laughs> had the same name I had. <laughs> Arturo. Art. I said, oh, another art, Lord. Well, you're funny. You're funny. <laughs> but I'm going to take him in. So he comes for Christmas, and he knows. when well, my daughter told him, I am... A cowboy fan. You cut me, I bleed blue and gray. I know. (laughs) He comes, he brings gifts. You know, they come with gifts. Hey, Mr. Cardenas, Merry Christmas. Thank you so much. Come real nice. I said, Oh, this guy could be good. Okay. Gave him a chance. He comes, he brings me a gift. We all open our gifts. I open it, and he brings me a, a little Dallas cowboy. Dressed cowboy. What? And it moves, and he, da, 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 he plays the Monday night football song na <laughs> na 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 na. I said, "Man, you just won me over." <laughs> so you know, he came I'm praying for him, I told him, "Listen, I know I'm a, I'm a Christian. Maybe I haven't been a good witness to you, but this is what my daughter wants, and I want to pray for you. And I pray that you guys do the best thing. Prayed, left it alone. Three months later, they break up. They never see each other again. Thank you, God. He goes, all you have to do is just follow, serve, love people. I've got, I can do it. And my daughter didn't talk to me for three months. <laughs> no, she said, Dad, what? She couldn't understand it. But God's working, guys. See, how do you, how do you find, how do you live in, in the supernatural? How do you do it? And so here it says, the first shall be last. And it says, many are calling, and few and chosen. And I said, well, Lord, there's two, there's two lists here. Many, few, first, and last. Lord, how's this? How's this work? The last, now watch this. Are you listening? The last will be what? The last will be first. And I said, Lord, well, okay. I'm going to be first, so that means I need to be last. And he began to show me. Jesus was last. You know, you, you, you give honor to those, and then you, you when we had lines, I always, how many of us want to be in the first in the line? We get in front of everybody. You just want to be first in the line. You want to be first everywhere. You want people to treat you right. You want to be the first. And God began to show me, hey, let them go first. It was killing my flesh. It's killing my flesh. But God said, now watch the second part. The Holy Spirit said, and watch what the second part says. And the first, what? Last. I said, Lord, how does that one list? He says, look, it doesn't say the last will be first and the first will be last. It says the first, last. Now, you pray about it. He said, it's a process. When you learn to be last, when you learn this process that God is working us, learning to be last, learning to put others in front of you, learning to raise others up, learning that's not about you anymore. Jesus says, I came to serve and not to be served. When you learn to be last, it says right there, And the first last, he says, what happens is the first will last longer in your life. Because when you learn to be last, there's promotion coming your way. When you learn to be last, you, you go from the end of the line to the front of the line. When you learn to be last, promotion, the guy that you thought was getting promoted, somehow you get promoted. When you learn to be last, the first will last. He didn't say first will be last. The first last. In other words, you last at first. Favor comes your way. Victory comes your way. Things just begin to happen when you learn to be last. Understand that. And I said, okay, Holy Spirit, show me. So he took me to 1 Samuel. Let's go to 1 Samuel. Chapter 17. Verse 1, 2, and 3. Now watch this. I'm going to tell you the story of David. And it says here in verse 1. It says, Now, the Philistines gathered their armies together to battle and were gathered at Succoth, which belongs to Judah. They encamped between Succoth and Azekah in Ephes Verse 2. And Saul... And the men of Israel will gather together. Who was gathered together? Saul, the king of Israel, was gathered together with his men. It says here, they were gathered together and they encamped in the valley of Elah and drew up in battle against the Philistines. Verse 3. The Philistines stood on a mountain on one side and Israel stood on a mountain on the other side. With a what? A what? A valley between them. First, I want you to notice that there was a battle going on. Anyone have a battle going on in their lives? Anyone being challenged by sickness? Anyone ever got uh, challenged with the COVID? Has there been a battle in, in your physical body? Has there been a battle in your in fear or worry has there been a battle going on in your life in your relationship in your marriage there's a battle going on see as long as you live in this earth you're going to go through some battles jesus said but he says fear not for i have overcome i have overcome the battles in your life fear not and as you walk with christ there's going to be some battles but listen you got to know if christ before you if god before you who? Who can be against you? He's made us more than a conqueror. We're more than a conqueror. I always tell people, what is more than a conqueror? Well, what is a conqueror? It's when Mike Tyson goes in there and he fights somebody, knocks him out. He's a conqueror. Then he gets paid $20 million. He turns around and he gives a check to his wife. She's more than a conqueror right? She didn't have to get in the ring to fight. Mike went in the ring. He fought, one, and he gives a check. That's what Christ did. Christ went in the ring. He fought the devil, knocked his lights out, and he took the keys of the kingdom, hell, and the grave, and death, and he turned around and he says, here, son, you've got the keys. You've got the keys to life. Giving you, you don't have to fight the devil. You're more than a conqueror. So there's a battle going on. Here they are, the Philistines on one side, and you've got Israel on the other side. Second thing I want you to notice, they're on a mountain. Here's a mountain on this side, here's a mountain on this side, and there's a valley between them. And they're fighting, and I could just see, you know, when you get in fight, when the guys, we're gonna, hey, what? Come on, come on, what? Who's going? Come on, you ready? Come. You know, we're just pushing each other just to see who's going to win. And I could see the, the Philistines, hey, we're going to kick your, hey, just wait till we get you. Listen, man, we're going to get you. And then over here on this mountain, come on, we got God on our side. Hey, we're the Israelites. We're God's chosen. We're going to kick your... Hey, we're going to take care of you. God's going to take care of you. We're going to win this battle. The third thing, there's a valley between them, and no one wants to go in the valley. Everybody wants to be at the top of the mountain. We all want to be in the... We all want the blessings of God. We all want God to bless us. We all want to do, man, we, we all want to be at the top of the mountain. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. But nobody wants to go through the valley. But listen, David said, and he wrote in Psalms 23, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear what? No I will fear no. no evil. In other words, David has some challenges And he wasn't afraid to go through the valley because he knew that his God was with him. Though I walk through the valley of sickness, though I walk through the valley of finances, though I walk through the valley of whatever it is you're challenged. Listen, fear no sickness. Fear no disease. Fear no enemy. Because God's going to bring you into victory but you got to be willing to go through the valley so they were going through the valley now go to verse 10 it says and the philistine said i defy the armies of israel this day give me a man that we may fight together and when saul and all israel heard these words of the philistine they were dismayed. And watch this. They were greatly, what? Afraid. That word greatly. In other words, they were greatly discouraged. They were greatly disheartened. They were greatly intimidated. Do you ever get intimidated? Have you ever been discouraged? Because things don't seem to be going right? And now the Philistines are sending their biggest and baddest dude The giant. They're sending him. Where are they sending him? To the valley. And now he's taunting Israel. He said, come on. Which one? Give me a guy. Come on. Anybody. I'll take anybody right here, right now. And if we win, you serve us. If you win, we'll serve you. We get get intimidated. Because why? Are you willing to trust God? Are you willing to go through the valley of the shadow of death? Who's shouting now? Look at verse 16. And the Philistines drew near and presented himself. Watch this. The Philistines drew near and presented himself. How many days? How many? Forty. Morning and evening. Then Jesse said to his son David, Take now for your brothers an epith of the dried grain and these ten loaves and run to your brothers at the camp and carry these ten, ten cheese, cheeses to the captain of their thousand and see how your brothers fare and bring back news of them now I want you to notice here 40 is the number of testing 40 is the number of testing because in the uh, Jesus was in the wilderness how many days? Forty. Noah, when they got in the ark, how many days were they in the storm? 40. Moses, when he fasted, how many days did he fast until he heard from God? 40. 40 is a number of testing. And so it's 40 days that's happened right here. They've been battling this thing 40 days. You've been challenged 40 days, but it's a testing number. Are you going to continue to stand? Are you going to continue to come to church? Are you going to continue to serve? Or are you going to quit? Verse 20, 20. So 40, it came here. And, then, and what I like about this, look, go to the next verse, 2022. 20, now, his dad says, Hey, David, what is David doing? He's serving his father. What he's doing? Tending sheep. You know what? All his other brothers, the older brothers, they should have been tending sheep, but they didn't want to do it. They want to be in the top. They wanted to be in the light. They wanted to be uh, noticed. Nobody wanted to. Nobody wanted a clean sheep. What does Jesus call us? Sheep. They stink. I hate to say it. We stink. Some of us stink with some addictions. Some of us stink with just our sins. Some of us struggle. Some of us are going through just worry, oppression, depression, and we stink. But David was out there taking care of the sheep, serving. You want to see a breakthrough in your life? You want to see victory in your life? Or you want to go another year around the mountain? Same thing, no change, going through the same battles. I said, Lord, I don't want to do that. He says, "Well, look what he was doing now. Watch this. David's getting ready to be promoted. See who does a promotion around here. It's God does a promotion. He brings one up. He brings one. God does a promotion. You want to be promoted at your job? I did. Another story. Real side note. Quick. I was. I was working. uh, I'm. 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 uh, The manager." And then my boss. And and whatever I sold, I would get a commission of. The more I sold, how many of you know work by commission, get more money? It's an incentive. Well, he was taking my commission. I'd get my commissions. What this doesn't look right. I need to be making more money. And right away, my flesh goes. I'm going to go tell my boss, man. I'm going to go over him. I'm going to tell him. And God stopped me. Hey, wait a minute. Who's going to promote you? Who's going to take care of it? You are. But, Lord, let me help you. (laughs) Let me be the voice. Let me me be the hands. I can go straight into my, over his head. He goes, you want to do it your way? You want to do it my way? I want to do it your way, Lord. And continue to serve. Serve. I was mad. My wife was more mad because they took her money. So I just remember doing that, and then the Lord told me, "Take him to lunch." What the? There's the devil again. That devil <laughs> keeps talking to me. I said, "Lord, you sure you want me to take him to lunch?" I want you to take him to lunch. And there's some candies, and I remember an evangelist who prayed for some candy that somebody was was. Uh, I don't know they're crazy, but they were in asylum, and they didn't have the right mind, and they wouldn't let her take a Bible into that place where her daughter was. And so he goes, they they won't let you take a Bible? No, what what can they let you take? They won't let me take candy in. Bring that candy she likes. They prayed over it. They anointed that candy. She ate the candy. A month later, she came in her right mind. I said, whoa and he got the scripture from Paul the apron remember how many of you know know the apron in the book of Acts where that guy was sick and they took his a piece of his apron and they put it on that person who was sick and bam that person was healed the anointing that it was carrying it was the faith that it was believing and so he goes well if he can do it with the apron he can do it with the candy you believe (laughs) it's because it's her daughter It's not anybody. It's something who she loves, who she cares, and she wants her daughter out of the asylum. It means something, see, because love never loses. Love always wins. When the woman with the centurion who was at Jarius, when Jarius, when he was walking in and, and he said, man, my daughter's sick. He says, can you come take care of her? Can you come take care of my daughter? She's dying. Come on, I'll go and Jesus is going there, and on his way there, there's a woman with, with the issue of blood. And she says, man, I got if I could just touch the hem of his garment, if I could just touch him, I know I can be made well. They've been hearing about this Jesus. They're not even Christians. And they come in. She's Could you imagine? Everybody's grabbing on Jesus. You ever go to a concert, and you want to see the guys, and you want to take a picture? And, man, you it's hard to get in there. I remember at, I was wanting to get uh, Troy Aikman's autograph, and I was, they were here at, at, at um, 35, and, and there's a bunch of little kids, little kids with their moms, and they said, 15 minutes, the Cowboys are going to leave, no more autographs, and I've had every autograph, I had Michael Irvin, I had, I had Emmett Smith, and I wanted Troy Aikman, but it was always full there. With a bunch of little kids, little brats. I'm sorry. Their moms are there, and I said, "Man, I'm going, Lord. I'm going in, Lord." Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse. Throwing kids around all over the place. No, no, no. I wasn't throwing. I was just excuse me pushing, excuse me pushing, excuse me pushing up And then the lady, moms get all oh, mad. Where are you going? Just get in the end of the line. I go what line? There is no line. And then Troy, they start these moms started getting mad at me and yelling at me. Was, well, I just need to get trouble. We all want you. To... Well, man, I, I I'm a real cowboy fan. Man, I, please let me get in there. And they're yelling at me. And Troy goes, Hey, you, wow. come here. And they all stop, look, and he goes, Yeah, you get over here. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm in trouble with Troy Eggman <laughs> I get in there front. He goes, what are you doing? I go, Troy, I only have 15 minutes, man. I got my football card. Your rookie, your rookie football card right here. Can you sign it? He goes, dude, you're going to get yourself killed. <laughs> and he signs it. Troy Aikman to art from Troy Aikman. He says, now get out of here. But God. God. No. I'm not saying do it like that. <laughs> but what I'm saying, guys, serve. Serve. This is what David did. He was, certain, he was getting ready to get promoted. It says, the first thing that David did is, I want you to go take your kid, your brothers, who don't like you, make you work out there and take care of sheep, and I want you to go out there and bring them some quesadillas, cheese, and bread. You white folk probably say grilled cheese sandwiches. We eat quesadillas. He goes, I want you to take them some cheese and bread. Now David says, Dad, you know what? I don't want to go. They made me take care of the sheep all the time. I'm always doing the dirty work. Why do you want me to go? Why is it that I have to do that? They don't even like me. They don't even respect me. No, look at this. Verse 20. So David rose early in the morning left the sheep with a keeper he didn't just leave his responsibilities he'd been training somebody he's been caring about the sheep jesus said he'll leave the 99 just for that one and david says i don't want to lose any he says listen take care of the sheep early didn't even complain didn't even say anything he says listen He took the things and went with Jesse that had commanded him. His father had commanded him. And he came to the camp as the army was going to the fight and shouting for the battle. Verse 21. For Israel and the Philistines had drawn up in battle array, army against army. Watch this. 22. And David left his supplies in the hand of the supply keeper, ran to the army, and came and greeted his brothers. He didn't say, hey. I'm here I'm, I'm here. Look. <laughs> I still got here He says I came to bring you some cheese sandwiches. I Came to serve dad told me to come and now watch this He's there. He's not complaining look at verse 28 Now Elab his oldest brother heard when he spoke to the man, this is the oldest brother Watch this when he spoke to the men, and Elab's anger was aroused against David. And he said, Why did you come up here, David? Why did you come down here? And with whom have you left those few sheep? Where'd you leave those little sheep? Those few sheep. Notice he didn't say your sheep, those little sheep that you've been doing, the little things you've been doing. He says, Where'd you leave those few sheep? In the wilderness. I know your pride and the insolent of your heart, for you have come down to see the battle. And David said, what have I done now? Is there not a cause? Listen, I came because dad told me to come. What did I do wrong now? He's there and his brothers came against him. Sometimes you, you start serving in the church and brothers may attack you. You start serving in the church, man, even sisters might get mad. You just got here. You're already serving here. They're promoting you. You're, well, you know what he was, David has been doing? He's been taking care of the sheep that nobody... He's been washing toilets, or he's been cleaning toilets. He's been cleaning the house. He's been doing things that nobody else has been wanting to do. And then they promote him. What the... Man, you have only been here six weeks, a month, a year, and you're already up here being promoted? And they get mad. But listen, who are you doing this for? You, are you here for prestige, for recognition? Are you here to see, to see uh, victory in your life? Are you here to see the blessings, the supernatural hand of God? Then be a server. Jesus says, I came to serve and not be served. You want to see breakthrough? You want to see the supernatural? Look at right here. Let's go down to 34. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when the lion or a bear came and took the lamb out of the flock, I went after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by the beard and struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both a lion and a bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion, from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, Lord, and the Lord be with you. See, they saw something. David, There was a preparation. You guys that are serving, you guys that are here, it always says 20% of the church is always serving. The other 80% are just uh, wanting to find out what he's called them to be. What's the purpose? What's the plan? What do you want me to do, God? Serve. And they're coming in. And he says, listen. He says, watch. God took care of me when the lion came. And he was, you know what he did? He was helping a sheep. When the bear came, he was helping the sheep. Listen, he calls the sheep. To serve somebody. You see somebody going through an addiction instead of putting them down and not calling them a Christian? Go to them and see how you can help them. You see, be struggling in their marriage, go to them and pray for them or just start praying for them. See, he's, he's, he's taking the bear of division out of their life. He's taking the bad habits, He's the, that lion of bad habits, he's praying for them and he's taking that sheep and taking that, that sheep and setting them free from the lion of bad habits. From worries, from addiction. David was out there helping sheep. And we're all here. We're all going through something. Don't be afraid to get help. But we who are serving, we should be watching. How can I help somebody today, Lord? Who do you want me to help? Who do you want me to take to lunch? Oh, they need help in the kids. Let me see if I can do that. This is what you want me to do. Sheep. They start him because he's preparing you because when you kill the lion you kill the bear you're gonna get attacked by a giant are you a giant killer God is looking for some giant killers look at the last thing here I like this verse 40 and 42 then he took his staff in his hand and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook and he put them in a shepherd's bag notice It was five smooth stones. Where were they? They were in the brook. There weren't weren't five jagged stones. There weren't stones that were on the side. There were stones that were in the brook. There were stones that were in the water. And with time, the water smoothed the stones. You see, with time, the Holy Spirit will smooth your life. And he pulled five You know what five represents? Grace. The number five represents the number of grace. He pulled five smooth stones. Grace. He pulled them in. He didn't need five stones. He only needed what? One stone. But did you know that Goliath had four other brothers? He had four other brothers he needed to kill. Now, if you look, those stones are living stones. There's a five- Fold ministry in the body of Christ. There's an apostle. There's a prophet. Look at the apostle is your main thumb. Because without your thumb, it's hard to write. It's hard to get something without your thumb. That's the apostle, the master foundation. The prophet, what does the prophet do? He doesn't compromise. You either live for God or you don't live for God. He'll give you some hard messages. You're either in the white or you're in the black. You're either in sin or you're not in sin. But he's pointing a finger. But watch, three fingers are pointing back at him. See the second one? Apostle, prophet, evangelist. He's the tallest. You know why? He stirs everybody up. Come on. Say somebody. You know, he's he's an evangelist. He's just stirring everybody up. Live for God. And then see this one? Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor. Look what's on the pastor is the one that comes when you mess up. Come here, Andy, come on. I know, it's okay. Come on, we're going to get it right. He's married. And see this little one like a nobody? That's the teacher. He feeds everybody. Five different kinds of teaching. Five that David got in ministry so that he could be a giant killer. We need the FIFO ministry. It's working in here. Andy doesn't just preach, he let, he's a teacher. I believe that. And a pastor. But there's others. I believe I'm an evangelist and a pastor. I like to stir everybody up. Okay, guys, there's two more scriptures. 50, 52, and John 6, 9 to 13. You're going to have to read them. and It's time to go. But listen, guys, I want to encourage you today. Are you giant killers? Are you fulfilling the ministry that God's called you to be? How do you do it, pastor? You know what? You don't do it. You just serve. Find a place to serve. Find a place. God is preparing you. It's a process, and he's going to make you what you need to be, and then you'll become Because in that last scripture, John chapter 1, 12 to 14, it says that we become sons of God. Amen? Every head bowed, every eye closed this morning. I want to thank you for coming and listening. I want to pray for you this morning. I want to thank the Lord for his goodness. You're here today. It's not by chance. It's not by coincidence. You're here today because God loves you and because you are answering his call but are you going to fulfill the chosen? Do you want to be the chosen? Are you going to continue to serve? Answering the call and serving will cause the fulfillment of your chosen. If you're here today and, and God spoke to you, I'll just right where you're at, I want you to raise your hand. I want to pray for you. I want to believe God in the name of Jesus. You're here today. You say, Pastor, He spoke to my heart today. I've answered the call. I know I'm saved. I know I'm going to heaven, but Lord, I want more. I want to be, I want to fulfill the chosen. If that's you here today, I just want you to raise your hand right where you're at. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. You're the chosen. It says many are called, few are chosen. You're fulfilling the chosen. All you got to do is serve. Jesus, all he did was serve. He loves you today. He wants nothing but the best. You're his children, and we're becoming sons and daughters of God. Heavenly Father, I just pray right now for each and every person that raised their hand. I want to thank you for them, Lord, that you are continue to touch their heart. You're working in their lives, and you're blessing them, Lord. I thank you right now, Heavenly Father. I thank you that the word that goes forth will not come back void, but it'll produce what you call it to produce, life, abundance victory and they leave here not the same way they came in in the mighty name of jesus amen everybody said amen god bless you guys thank you so